Nevada is a really nice chance to get out of that mindset and try to embrace a more realistic, elemental approach to the world. Welcome to Tete Tete, the Rice Architecture Podcast Series. I'm your host, Rose Wolkowski, and this week we're super excited to discuss a current Rice Arts exhibition with undergraduate students Anna Fritz and Julia Kasparian. So thanks to both of you for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. So Anna is a junior majoring in visual and dramatic arts as well as art history and architecture and is from Atlanta, Georgia. And Julia is a junior also, also a visual and dramatic arts or what we call VADA major and uh, also with a minor in environmental studies and is from right here in Houston. So uh, we'll just cut right to the chase and then we'll expand on some details as we go. You both won the Mavis C. Pittman Exhibition Award, which funded your fabrications for this exhibition. And that was, as I understand it, a very highly competitive award for the VADA majors here at Rice. And from this award came the exhibition entitled, At Least I Have You Egg, (laughs) which is currently on display in the Rice Media Center Gallery. So let's start with the name of the exhibition. And since it's so unique, what does it mean to you guys? Why did you select it or who selected it? How'd that come about? You had the idea, right? Because we were making molds in sculpture class and we had all these like squishy toys and Anna chose an egg. (laughs) Yeah, we were doing an exercise where we were slip casting. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we were making our plaster molds to then make the slip cast. And so yeah, I had this squishy egg (laughs) and it was a pretty stressful time. I think we were all really worried about the state of uh, construction for the Pittman and how feasible it was going to be. Yeah. I was just looking at the squishy egg and I said, at least I have you egg. <laughs> and our professor from like across the room yelled, like that would be a great exhibition title. And so I thought it was kind of a joke, but I wrote it down. We had like our group meeting with all four of us together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julia mm-hmm. actually like saw it written down. I didn't mention it because I didn't think <laughs> that would be yeah. our title. Yeah, I was like, this is cool. We should do this. And also, we had been talking about what to title our exhibition, obviously, but all of our works are so different that mm-hmm. we couldn't really think of a unifying title. So we just wanted it to be fun and playful. Yeah, yeah, something to kind of draw people in. So it's kind of interesting that the, the title sounds like it came kind of during the process, after it was all awarded, after you guys kind of knew what you were going to do. I feel like oftentimes the exhibition is sort of titled or you have a theme, and then you pull in mm-hmm. work off of that obviously now our listeners know that this is an exhibition that you guys all that four of you participated in which two of you guys are here today Um, so maybe Julia we can start with you if you can give us just kind of a description of your portion of the exhibition Mm -hmm. so my piece which is kind of an installation almost was called telefrag Mm -hmm. and it is a interactive sculpture that is made of chicken wire and fabric and it's supported by stainless steel poles and it's an environment that people can walk inside of and that is accompanied by a wooden sculpture that's two bunny heads attached by a purse handle and the name telefrag actually refers to this I guess trope in cartoons Mm -hmm. or video games where if a character teleports into another character they die immediately and so it kind of is about teleportation and transportation and cats (laughs) <laughs> which which is kind of random, but, you know, I like cats. I made, yeah. I made a cat sculpture that this is based off of. So essentially, Telefrag is just a giant cat play space. Awesome. <laughs> that sounds very cool. So how about you, Anna? Can you describe your exhibit a little bit? Kind of like Julia, mine is also uh, an experiential installation, so a little bit larger scale and something that viewers can walk through and interact with. Mm-hmm. It's called Zwischenraum. 
uh, which is German for kind of like the space that is in between. There's no exact word for it in English. And it's made out of simple stud wall framing, but instead of drywall, I use plywood underlayment. The original concept was to use drywall, but uh, because of um, like realistic constraints and the mm-hmm. weight and trying to think of the best way to make this short-term exhibition, um, I switched to plywood, which I'm actually really happy about. Yeah. But yeah, basically it's a series of spaces that you walk through that have projecting apertures that radiate out from the center point that kind of create a series of weird perspectival distortions mm-hmm. so that as multiple people walk through, you can start to have kind of this weird perception of space. So I'm curious about what you learned from this whole process of designing, planning, constructing your respective exhibits. From what I've understood or what I've learned that this is a very in-depth application process where you had to consider many factors that you wouldn't necessarily normally consider in school as, a, as an average student. Um, so can you touch on that kind of big ideas you've learned or even down to analog or physical building skills? This is definitely the biggest piece that I've ever made. I've never made something that's at a human scale, which came with challenges, but it was also kind of fun to figure out how to make that happen. And I think the biggest thing about this exhibition that was different for me was coming up with the idea before I started building and especially so far in advance, because I I usually work a little bit more freely. And I think that was hard for me to stick to an idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I imagine that's very different for someone that's in architecture where you're sort of constantly going back and forth between drawing and thinking and building and sketch models and that kind of thing. So how about you, Anna? Yeah, definitely. I agree, one, that I'm also someone where, at least with sculpture, it is slightly different than architecture, where for Mm -hmm. me, I mean, a lot of times you can go in with a plan, but the material kind of wants to do what it wants to do. And I think that the best sculpture is you kind of embrace that and let the material do what it wants to do. Um, With something this scale, uh, a, I've just, yeah, I've never built anything this big before. Yeah. And so it was pretty exciting because I, I didn't know how the materials would react. For me, the biggest takeaway was A, that of, you know, you definitely everything was pre-planned. Every detail was drawn mm-hmm. out the way that, I mean, I thought it was pretty simple because it's a bunch of orthogonal walls that are stapled together, which mm-hmm. we learn about a lot in architecture. So I thought I was fairly prepared at least in terms of like the drawing sequence but I've never drawn anything to that level of detail where like even just the one-eighth offset of the plywood underlayment made a huge difference in the way that everything was detailed and Mm so I think I spent honestly the most time just going over and over the rhino model trying to make sure that nothing was off because unlike a studio project where no one knows it, it, it makes a difference but for me the biggest takeaway was actually in terms of the construction The unforeseen thing for me was actually the logistics. Mm -hmm. Construction is always complicated, but getting materials actually to where they needed to go, realizing that the turning radius by the loading Mm -hmm. dock wasn't enough or that we don't actually have a 16-foot truck to carry the 16-foot 2x4 that I needed to bring was just not something that I thought of. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like if they sell it, then they must be able to (laughs) transport it. But it it was very difficult, and I wasted a lot of time so it was a really good experience to just learn for the future how to deal with yeah like things like that definitely definitely I guess maybe touching more on that physical aspect of the exhibit you guys have both kind of described that the size was a was kind of a big factor did you guys find yourself collaborating either with each other for help or were you using the the architecture shop 
or other resources in the arts department? I think that our pieces really complement each other super well, but we didn't necessarily develop them at the same time mm-hmm. or with each other's piece in mind. Right. Um, but we did have the same faculty mentor, Lisa Lipinski, and so she kind of helped both of us, and I think that her hand um, in helping us kind of brought our pieces closer together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you guys help each other build? Like if, if you needed help carrying material <laughs> or setting something up, did, was that co- kind of collaboration uh, happening much? We were both so busy. That, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We yeah. I mean, I feel like we, we did. It was mostly moral, uh, like moral support, yeah. mm-hmm. honestly. A lot of moral Cause support. Because yeah. that last week, we were in there pretty much 24-7 yeah. living there together. So like Julia's mom would bring in food for the both of us. Yeah. Or I brought in like breakfast one morning. Mm-hmm. And Julia definitely drove me <laughs> back and forth to Sewell a couple of times to grab materials we collaborated in that sense mm-hmm. of like I didn't feel like I was alone and it was definitely a partnership yeah and for sure yeah. that I think reflects in the sculptures themselves but yeah when it actually came to building I think that we actually got a lot of help from definitely from the art department mm-hmm. just in terms of like sourcing materials mm-hmm. and having a place to work because we didn't yeah. have access to the media center until a week before the exhibition right. but obviously we had to start way before that mm-hmm, um, sure. and so we were working also together in like the arcade and Sewell Mm -hmm. um, together for a long time. So maybe we can kind of step back from the exhibition a little bit and talk a little bit more about kind of y'all's approach to education and your and future careers. Anna you're a double major as we mentioned in or really three majors VADA as well as art history and architecture which are, are obviously very related in certain aspects and I imagine there's some overlap. So how do you feel the these sort of majors or three different approaches to education influence each other or do you kind of take them compartmentally? Yeah, it's a good question. I actually came to Rice Architecture. I applied mainly with a visual arts, a background in visual arts. Like in high school, mm-hmm. I never really did anything architecture per se related. I was mm-hmm. definitely more interested in like 2D and 3D artworks. But my mom is an architect, so I think that that's something that's always kind of been in the back of my mind. And on top of that, with art history, I mean, like you said, there's a lot of overlap. They're definitely not super distinct and are blurred. But I've always had a love of history and especially like medieval Renaissance Mm -hmm. works. And so that's also something that's always kind of floating around in the back of my mind. So now that I've been in architecture school, it's definitely kind of overtaken. I think the other two interests, just as architecture tends to do, it's very dominating. Mm -hmm. But I do find I really like that I have the major with Vada and art history kind Mm -hmm. of as a way to refresh my mind. I think that we're definitely become very single minded when you're in the architecture department and the way Mm -hmm. that we talk and the way that we think about the world. Mm -hmm. You don't realize how kind of out of touch it can be with reality until like we had Lisa, our faculty advisor, come in to sit on, on one of our like charrette reviews and references that she pulled or the way she talked about all of our projects was just it sounded like it was like crazy because I've never heard a professor talk about an architecture project like that. Yeah. And so if anything, for me, Vada is a really nice chance to get out of that mindset and try to embrace a more realistic, elemental yeah. approach to the world. Yeah. Very, it seems very kind of hands-on yeah. and you're maybe a faster turnover at, of ideas than architecture. You know, you sort of sit on one main concept for a whole yeah. semester versus like more iterative, right? And yeah. A, a kind yeah, of a faster it, process. It can be more off the cuff and I think sometimes yeah. a little bit more witty. That seems like it'll be a good setup too to kind of bring that, that playful aspect back into architecture. 
you know, in school or down the road. So similarly, Julia, how did you decide to study VADA and environmental studies at Rice? So I've always been into art and I've always done art. So I think that that was a no brainer. Like I was definitely going to do art wherever I went in college. Actually, I just got really interested in like environmental issues and sustainability and how we can make our life more sustainable because I just think it's such an important issue. Even though art is my main area of study, I think that anything I do later in life has to be influenced by my environmental studies background just because I think that that's like the world that we're going into right now. Yeah, that's a very mature and worldly perspective, (laughs) I think, to have that kind of understanding so early on in life and early on in education, which is great. As I'm sure most of our alumni and current students um, have deduced, your father is obviously a long-standing professor here at Rice Architecture, uh, John Kasparian. So do you feel like uh, you were ever maybe pressured to study architecture or positively or negatively influenced by his career choice in architecture? I think that growing up with two architects as Mm -hmm. my parents was really good because like they are architects but that means that they're interested in art and food and all this Mm -hmm. stuff that like just people in a creative profession are interested in so it was really good for me to grow up going to museums and and being encouraged in my creativity and I don't think that we ever even talked about me studying architecture because it was always like oh Julia's going to study art so I never felt pressured to do architecture at all I don't think that I have that brain in me (laughs) yeah yeah that's good it sounds like a good supportive environment yeah and Anna since your mom is an architect do you feel pressure ever I mean obviously you are studying it but do you think you feel pressure kind of long term to lean one way or another architecture versus visual art yeah it's funny actually my mom growing up always said she was always my parents are very supportive of like no matter what I wanted to pick but she always said if you're interested in anything other than architecture you should pursue that (laughs) I was definitely growing up I thought architecture was really boring Mm -hmm. but I think that architecture actually came to me uh, later towards the end of my high school career and I knew that I just wanted to study architecture because I like that it's creative but it has like a very interesting type of schooling and Mm -hmm. education that I really admire and I feel like it gives you a lot of flexibility in the future even if you don't want to go into architecture so that's kind of why I decided to go the architecture route for a major but I've actually fallen in love with architecture now that I've been here because I had a very pessimistic view of it growing up and so now it's been nice to kind of come to architecture school and realize that I do actually like it and want to pursue it in the future. That's great. What do you feel like Julia has been the sort of highlight of your career at Rice so far, right? I mean, obviously Rice is a very uh, well-known, admirable institution. You obviously are from Houston originally, but still can't pass up a great opportunity even if it happens to be in your hometown, right? So what what do you think is kind of your overall reflection of, of your opportunities here at Rice and the program? The art program is so small that there is a lot of room for kind of getting one-on-one interaction with the professors and getting to be known by the professors and getting to know the professors. I mean, the Pittman is is a great example of that, where we have the resources for undergrads to put on a really big exhibition, and I think that that's probably been the highlight of my time at Rice, because it was, you know, the hardest thing I've ever done at Rice, but also the most rewarding. Anna, so maybe more specifically for our, our architecture school listeners, what has maybe been kind of a a very impactful experience specifically in rice architecture that maybe you've you've taken into your other other majors as well there's definitely the intensity i mean there's such a high level of 
production and output mm-hmm. and kind of constant working, which is, I feel like, kind of permeated my life now that I've come to Rice. Yeah. I feel like that's definitely affected the way that I approach work in, like, my other majors, mm-hmm. um, especially in Bada. I mean, this was definitely a very ambitious sculpture, and I didn't think that the whole thing would get built, but just knowing, I guess, the amount of work that I was capable of producing in architecture mm-hmm. gave me the freedom to be able to try to do something out there for like my own personal means. Yeah. Realizing the amount of work that you yourself can produce um, yeah. can be very high if you push yourself hard enough. So it kind of sets you up with a certain amount of tenacity toward any project, right? So here's a question that may or may not be answerable. Looking maybe well into the future or in the next few years, what do you s- each of you see yourselves doing after you graduate? Like, is there a dream job out there for you? Ooh, good question. <laughs> I definitely think that I am interested in architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first came to school, I was always kind of fascinated with things like, I love also fashion, like costume design, set design, like I love Game of mm-hmm. Thrones. And I always had the <laughs> dreams and I would do like, the architectural renderings for all their castles. Um, But I would say now my dream job would probably to go somewhere like Switzerland or Japan, somewhere that has a really high quality construction Mm -hmm. um, where I can really learn to detail and produce the kind of quality products that I want to put out, Mm -hmm. especially now that I've like done my own, I'd say this is like my first built work, even though it's pretty small. Yeah, there's just, there's so much to learn. And if anything, sculpture has taught me to appreciate, again, like materiality Mm -hmm. and just maybe like a more straightforward approach to things, which is often I find results in the nicest ends. Yeah. Um, So yeah, definitely some architecture job in in Switzerland would be great. How about you, Julia? Tough question, I know. (laughs) I really like art and I might want to go to grad school. Mm -hmm. Um, I might want to pursue art, but I'm also interested in things like food and Mm -hmm. cooking and also even like shops and like owning a boutique or something and so there's just like so many things that I want to do and I want to do it all with a sustainable mindset not to do something that's been done before but to do something innovative for our changing world I guess but I haven't really figured it out yet (laughs) yeah that's okay though because it seems like you have a lot of options with everything you're doing in school and everything that you're interested in that seems like there will be no wrong answer yeah (laughs) and the right opportunity will (laughs) will show itself when it's ready you know well thank you guys so much for joining us today on tete-a-tete we'll make sure that we get our listeners over there to see your exhibit awesome thank you so much Rose yeah thanks for having us For more information on Anna, Julia, and their current exhibition entitled At Least I Have You Egg, visit the latest news tab on the Rice Architecture website. Be sure and catch the exhibit before it closes on March 28th. Don't forget to subscribe to our page on SoundCloud to keep up with new releases. I'm your host, Rose Wolkowski, and this has been Tete-a-Tete.